0: Hello. Hey, so that hey. didn't The iPad didn't work. Sorry.
1: That's okay. We're live. Hello.
0: <laughs>
2: Hello. To to
1: up this way. We've got Kristen and Kelly here with me, Dana, and tonight's topic is going to be scarcity. But before that, I think we should listen to something very abrupt.
3: I mean really we could have just paused it after you and Kelly yeah. cuz I'm not even on there yet.
1: I don't even know why. You sent I mean, a picture to Jeffrey,
3: right? I I sent pictures to Jeffrey. We're still on show 7. I, seven, seven. I know, yeah. like how do we feel about week 7? <laughs> it's it's been it's been like 7 weeks and we're on week 7 and you know, it's a, it's cool. I'll it's saw.
2: glorious. We've Eventually
3: been on, I'll be on there.
0: We've been on week 7 since February. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that works. Good so tries. let's see. I'm going to do a, a reader's digest of my past week. Um, I worked and I took apart a motorcycle and put it back together and it still doesn't quite run right, but it's a little better. And then last night I didn't sleep so good. So I've got sleepy eyes a little bit and I might be irritable, but not too irritable. So we'll see how that goes. Oh,
3: good. Oh, good. And, and i have loud puppies they have opinions
1: how about you kelly what have you been up to in the past week
0: um let's see uh pissing off my 7 year old because i cut his hair too short and uh, he hates me so poor well, kid he asked for a short haircut so
1: you did what he asked and now he's mad at you i
0: did and then he saw his reflection and he started he like full on burst into tears
2: oh dear oh my
0: Yeah, and I'm like, I can't glue it back on, but it will grow. But that was of no consolation. So, yeah, so I felt really, really bad. I'm like, okay, I promise I will never cut your hair that short again. So there was a little bit of trauma around that, for sure. Um, We are in the process of trying to add on a deck to the house. And that hasn't been without its own trials and tribulations as well. We rented an auger to dig the holes. It didn't work. Then it rained like end of days kind of rain so um last week i feel like was a constant trial of okay here's what life's gonna throw at you how are you gonna react to it so i'm good you know but i'm just remembering i'm really not in control of anything
1: that's cool just observing
0: just observing
1: one of the reasons that we are one of the dominating species on the planet is because of our ability to adapt to changing circumstance.
3: Are we really though the dominant species? One
1: of, one, one of, mm. I mean, we're the only part of the like animal biome that is responsible for remapping like weather patterns. I'd say that's pretty dominating.
3: That's only because we're killing our ecosystem.
1: Yeah, but nobody else can do that.
3: <laughs> Makes us pretty dominant. Yeah. Really stupid.
1: Well, I didn't say it made us smart. <laughs>
0: hey, guess what we forgot to do? What? What's that? Share the show link. Oh. Oh, no. So literally no one is going to join us tonight.
1: Well, Somebody lucky for us. us yeah, I, I don't um Well, I'll figure out how to do that. And um, yeah, so... It's totally fine. Kristen, you
0: talk about
3: things. (laughs) I'll talk about things. Well, I'm finally back. Um, Had had, uh, COVID after two and a half years. And that um, sucked more than I thought it would. Though it could have been worse. I'm just... I'm like post... I don't know, almost four weeks, maybe three weeks... And didn't realize how still exhausting I would feel. How exhausted I would feel. Um, But that's fine.
0: How's COVID we- brain been? Because I can tell you, like, everyone in my... It ran through my office and everyone's like...
3: It's a thing. St-
0: we have to stop apologizing to each other for what we don't remember we did or didn't do.
3: Yeah, it's a thing. Like, I feel like I'm having to think of words and, yeah, it's... Write everything down make lists think of yeah exactly all of those things um we had our second annual uh Lou Gehrig Day unofficial Lou Gehrig Day um and uh Craig and I gave away uh, a another scholarship to a very deserving uh kid going back going to uh, school so Tell
0: me about that. Like, what qualifies you as a candidate to win the scholarship?
3: So you have got to be affected by ALS. You were a parent or you have to be living in a home with somebody who is affected by ALS. Okay. So a grandparent, a parent, if they're living in the home with you um, and you're caretaking, part of caretaking with them, uh, you are uh, part of it. And the, the, uh, girl who got it this year, Jaden, she, uh, is kind of her and her little brother are kind of part of the reasons why, um, we started the scholarship. Um, we met her and her mom and dad and her brother many years ago, um, after her dad was uh, diagnosed with ALS and, um, we've just been friends with them ever since. And they're just an amazing, amazing family. And, um, we always knew that automatically they were going to be recipients and she graduated from high school and she's a very worthy little contender and she's an amazing kid and um, she's going to do amazing things when she goes to school. So we're very excited for her. So we did that. And then tomorrow I'm going to get some therapy done. I'm very excited about. And my husband is listening to his computer very yeah, loudly, can you, so I apologize. You, no,
0: I was going to say, can you fill us in? What is entertaining Craig right now that we are enjoying?
3: Something I have of? no idea, but I am going to text him and tell him to turn it down a smidge.
0: I love it that in this era, we don't get up and leave the room. We just text the other person. We're like, hey, you're being a bit busy and loud right yeah.
1: now. Whatever happened to turning around and being like, hey, Craig, turn it down.
3: Uh, I love him though. Mm, mm, mm. But yes, so that's what we're, yeah, that's what he, no, he loves to find um, comedy specials like on Netflix and stuff. He loves comedy. So he has, uh, so knowing him is something funny that I may not necessarily find funny. <laughs> well,
0: Which is why he's watching it alone.
1: Hey, now this I is a plug for something that reminds me of my youth. Um, uh, This is in no way uh, affiliated with us in any way. But I just recently discovered that Kids in the Hall has a brand new season that just came out on Prime. And it's fantastic. That's just my opinion. But it, it takes me back to being a teenager in the 90s and watching things I'm not supposed to while my mom isn't paying attention.
0: I never watched it. Did you, Kristen? Is he just
3: that much younger than us? Or I don't. No, it was from no, a- you know,
2: ninety four. I, I think. was
3: going to say, I, I remember it, but I it's just been so. I think we were probably going into college mm. or in college. <laughs> hey. Oh, see, the dogs are talking about it now. Now they want to yeah. have a whole discussion. So like, I about remember.
0: It. I remember. So, speaking of the 90s, um, Jeffrey is not with us this evening because he's on his way back from the.
2: Atlanta,
0: Atlanta, Hot Atlanta, baby, yeah. So, how much
3: trouble do you think he got
0: into in Hot I
1: think that he was the babysitter, <laughs> honestly.
0: Yeah, he really didn't. I talked to him on his way back because he's doing like a ball to the wall drive home, fourteen hours from on, like, Atlanta, no sleep, and no sleep and no food and all the things. So, but you know what? I did catch some of the footage. I loved it. Catch it up. And by the way, Katrina Johnson looks amazing in green. Did you guys
3: not catch? She does look amazing in green. That's true. Oh,
1: where she's motorboating the green. Yeah. 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 I did catch that. Yeah.
3: Kind of epic. So I got to
0: chat with her a little bit last night about that. And I'm like, girl, she's like, I know it's the blonde hair, but like, really, when you know your own strengths, she works it. Love her. Mm -hmm. So She's yeah, very
1: wiggly. She wiggles a lot in her videos.
0: She does a great wiggle.
1: I, didn't say it was, bad. I was just making note. Yes. So, Observing
0: the wiggle. So anyway, yeah. what were you going to throw at me?
1: Well, I was going to wrangle us around to maybe curving in towards tonight's topic of discussion. Okay. Which <laughs> is,
0: oh, Kristen, I love you.
1: Which is doggies. No, it is scarcity. As uh, Kelly messaged me earlier, I was like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? And Kelly said, I have this idea on the back burner for scarcity. And I feel like we can go down some real rabbit holes there. We can talk about resource scarcity and its effect on people growing up. We could go into uh, social scarcity or emotional scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so many topics. There's so many things. So uh, we can talk about all of them. But maybe we should maybe we should come up with a timeline. Let's talk about uh, maybe uh, something from when we were kids that we yeah. we found that we, we were we were scarce. It, w- it was scarce in our in our growing up environment and how that is uh, kind of evolved into what we deal with today, with our own weird idiosyncrasies as a result.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I I would love to, to take that one first. Um, oh,
1: go. Go. To so,
0: I think you guys know, like, maybe I'm the anomaly. I think I had a really great childhood. and
1: uh, I always thought that would make a great girl's name. Like, if you named a girl, I would want to name her Anomaly.
0: Anomaly or Scarcity?
1: Anomaly. It's beautiful.
0: Yes. <laughs> No, I had a really great childhood and experience with my parents and everything. But um, mom made the decision early on; she was going to be a stay-at-home mom, and so finances were scarce for sure. <laughs> and the, we always had absolutely enough of everything: emotional support, food on the table. But when it came to some of the other things, when you're comparing to the Joneses or, and I felt this most going into those older, like when you cross over from adolescence into those middle years where you're more aware of what others have and you don't have. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: One of the best conversations I ever had with my dad was on the front porch of our house. And um, I really, really, really wanted a pair of Nike sneakers. Mm -hmm. And you do. I know you
1: it's, do. It's heartwarming.
0: It is. And my dad sitting next to me and he's like, Cal, he goes, I brought home these sneakers for you. I hope you like them. And I don't know if you guys ever had a Woolworths in town. Do you remember Woolworths, Kristen? No. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had
1: something much worse. We had nickels. <laughs>
0: so he brought home these powder blue Velcro full 80s style velcro sneakers and he's like this is the best we can do right now he goes i would love to buy you the nikes that you want he goes but right now dad can't afford to wear the nikes and so that means you can't either but i really hope you understand this is a gift from me and i love you and it's no reflection on how much i care about you but this is what we can afford right now and it was one of those moments in life that just stuck with me is that you know we we don't have to tie monetary value to things or what, you know, what everyone else has to have emotional support. So it, it's just one of those things I always remember where someone was straight with me, you know, they didn't, he didn't sugarcoat it. He was loving and kind in how he explained the story. But the fact of the matter is this is what we can do right now, you know. And for me, those, that was probably the most important gift I ever received was those lower sneakers, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. That sounds nice. And it was. Yeah. That's meaningful. I like that.
0: It is. But now I have a shoe hoarding problem.
3: Mm. I have that problem.
2: You,
0: I ever- like, you know what I mean? Like where twi- pendulum swings <laughs> in the other direction where you're like, okay, now I have my own money. And guess what? I buy shoes. I buy a lot of freaking shoes.
3: <laughs> I've had that problem. No, I, I I, mean, I will say in my younger days, I think I definitely had a lot of emotional and uh, we had a lot of financial scarcity. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents bought a business in 77 and uh, when I was, a, no, I'm sorry, 79, when I was two months old, that in the 80s almost went bankrupt. Um, I remember my dad used to trade car payments from people for things oh. like food and babysitting and like stuff. And my parents used to work Monday through Saturday would take wedding pictures Fridays and Saturday nights and then like our big treat would be like when they would bring home a piece of wedding cake mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. would be like the treat mm-hmm. and
2: tree,
3: Sundays like we may be able to have a family day like our way of getting water was cleaning out um, gallon jugs and going to the spring like on a hill mm-hmm. and that's how we got fresh water
1: we have one of those in Port Byron
3: yeah um and emotional support we just didn't have a lot of my dad was not around a lot because he worked a lot um my parents were definitely kind of uh stay together for the kids i don't think so much now in their older days but very much so as uh, while we were young and growing up and my mother was not emotionally um available available she never really was she she and i hated each other until i was about 17 and it was we were in the i stood up for her when my parents were fighting and i remember uh taking a slap from my father from my mother and um my mother finding out that I was uh, sexually abused and me finding out she was sexually abused. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: from that point, us becoming like friends. Right.
0: You bonded over your own shared trauma. Trauma But it
3: wasn't until I was probably 17. But until that point, there was zero emotional ties between us. And what,
0: Why do you think that was? Do you think she needed to protect you from who she was? Or she was just spending so much emotional bandwidth
3: she, everywhere else? No, she was so emotionally scarred in her own life. Both of her parents were alcoholics. And she would come home and take care of her brother and her sister. She left her house at 17. My dad left the house at 18 my grandparents uh, on my dad's side were very emotionally awful people just very racist very mean very um both immigrants who well my dad's also an immigrant uh but they were just not nice people They're, they're just they weren't nice people um and um Though they worked for everything, and I will say that everybody in my life taught me the value of hard work and dedication and um, honesty and being that person. It also very much taught me to not be anything like anybody else in my family. Very much so because
1: I, so you're kind of the black sheep.
3: I'm so the black sheep. Yeah. but
1: so in a good way. It sounds like
3: so the black sheep, but I, you know, I have had my mother, my brother was the miracle child. He is four years older than me, but he was the miracle child. My mother was supposed to go in for IVF, like right before um, she found out she was pregnant with my brother. Um, She had horrible postpartum depression with him. And, uh, uh, attempted uh, shmimicide because um, you know you can't really say that word on YouTube oh. um, uh, three times after him with her postpartum um, so she was just very emotionally spent i mean with me she started smoking four days i think f- four or five days after i was born while she was nursing me
2: nice
3: um because that's how she her mother taught her how to deal with stress and her mother was a NICU nurse so she felt her mother knew best so i was always a very sick kid um So though I learned some very valuable lessons as to how to take care of myself and my husband and know how to, you know, be steadfast and a strong individual, independent individual. um, I also learned very much who I did not want to be. So how about you, Dane?
0: I think that's, you know, not to to cut Dane off, but I think
3: that's
0: what a lot of people with a trauma story It goes one way or the other. Either we repeat the -hmm. patterns of what we personally experienced or for some reason, and thank God, some people in my life who I won't name to protect their identities, but people close to me who had suffered amazing trauma as children used it the same way that you did, Kristen, as the example of how they did not want their lives to be.
3: Yeah. And you know what? And and to my mother's credit, she did not. I mean, my mother truly could have could have gone a different route, really could have gone a different route. But she she was emotionally
0: shut down, but she wasn't abusive.
3: No, she was never abusive towards us. I mean, she really did what she could to make sure I will say my parents worked their asses off to make sure my brother and I could, you know, there was a roof over our head. We never knew you know we were the kids right. that did not know that there was issues, you know we were smart enough to know that you know we kind of had to share a happy meal, but not that there wasn't food on the table you know no and of-
0: i think that I think that's a huge point that you you bring up as well is like how much sharing do we do? <clears throat> Like there's There's got to be a balance between what we tell our children so that they can accept the world they live in versus not burdening them with things yeah. that are adult issues, right?
3: Exactly. Yeah. There's a
0: difference between I just don't want to talk about that because it makes me uncomfortable versus it's really just not appropriate to share with a child at that level. And I think today we're seeing the full spectrum of that. We're seeing the emotionally shut down. We don't talk about that because those aren't the things we don't talk about. And then oh. we're seeing the whole... Yeah. On the other end, we're seeing that I'm just diarrhea of the mouth every day, sharing things with children on a level that is wholly inappropriate for them to process and steals their childhood from them.
1: Well, I mean, I think there's there's two ways to look at that. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe you could be using your kids as like some kind of sort of listening therapy for yourself. I don't know. But the other end of it is, you know, life gets ugly. Like things aren't great and sometimes bad stuff happens, but I think it gives you a chance to kind of model an appropriate way to handle that for your kids. Like, yeah, I think it's okay to say to your kids, like, Hey, this bad thing's happening.
2: Yes, It's not yes.
1: something that you need to worry about. Mom and dad will take care of it, but just know that it's hard for us too sometimes. Like, you no. Know.
0: And you're, I mean, Dana, you know that I have the utmost respect for how, mm-hmm you and Maureen communicate with your kids about tough stuff. Like I, I feel like you, you guys do it. Right. And I feel like Andy and I do as well, where
2: mm-hmm.
0: we don't dismiss the reality as small as like, I was joking earlier about Branson's haircut. You know, he was mm-hmm. upset. I could have just told him it's a fucking haircut. Get over it kid. But I did. Yeah. I gave him time to grieve something mm-hmm. that was really important to him. And he came around on his own. I didn't have to, you know, cajole him or whatever. But and I think there's a difference in that. It's the same thing with discussing difficult subjects. There's a way Mm -hmm. to introduce the topic and the conversation that is at their level so that they don't feel like you're hiding things from them. But you're also not you're not transferring your burden onto your kids. Right. Right. (laughs) So that said, Dana, you're up.
1: Oh well, I had kind of a transitory situation. Like I started out like the golden child, like the only child. Well, I have half brothers and sisters, but I was so much younger that I may have been may as well have been an only child. And when I was little, uh, my dad made a lot of money. Like he had his own business, and like we like I could have anything I wanted. Um, then when uh, but I was always—I—I I, I never really had—I I guess it would be emotional neglect. I had a scarcity of like emotional connection. Like, it used to be like whenever there'd be a family function or we had to go someplace like a wedding, um, dress up Dana, isn't he cute? Put on a little show, like show oh. everybody what a happy family we are.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: at home, it was just being left alone by myself.
0: And so for public, yeah. so for public consumption you were the idyllic child that we want to show Mm -hmm. off but we're not actually going to invest in your emotional well-being or acknowledge Mm -hmm. you even exist
1: nope never really took me anywhere did anything with me like it was it was pretty lonely and you were a show horse yeah and then when i got older like i mean there was other things like obviously like I, i i think i've mentioned it before i mean there was abuse and there's, it was ugly but I always had everything I needed in terms of like physical needs and wants like if money was there but
2: then when uh, my parents got divorced I was like 10 or 11
1: then all of it flip-flopped like all of a sudden I'm 11 years old and I'm the man of the house my mom's disabled and just constantly sitting there on QVC talking about how she wishes she was dead and now I'm cutting the grass and mowing like you know doing the dishes making food and stuff and She's just watching TV.
0: Smoking cigarettes and making ham salad.
1: Yeah, a lot of cigarettes. So many cigarettes. Yeah, Kristen, you said your mom started smoking four days after you were born, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my mom smoked all the way through pregnancy. Me
2: too. So. Yeah. yeah.
1: But you know. know what? I mean, in in my
2: mom's defense, I mean,
1: You're honestly, three packs a day.
0: No, but I, we, my mom and I have talked about this. She's like, literally, no one ever said to me this is a bad idea. You nope. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you get a like, smoking like, room in the hospital. Yes. I mean, like Kristen mm-hmm. said, like you you trusted your care provider. She's like, no yep. one ever said to me, I mean, my mom's biggest issue was with me. She gained so much weight. So I think she had a diet for nine months afterwards. It was like an apple and a can of tuna fish because vanity mattered and yep. you couldn't be walking around wearing that extra weight, you know?
1: So yeah, after, um, after my parents got divorced, it went from just like emotional scarcity to, uh, like resource scarcity. I mean, we we're living on my mom's disability and social security checks, so like $12,000 a year, and taking care of two people. And I was the one doing most of the work. Like, she could drive me places, but I mean, all the heavy lifting and stuff I kind of had to do. Like, there was nobody else that could do it. And so, did that. And so, it, I don't know. I guess uh, probably the biggest thing it taught me is that life isn't fair and you're, you may not get what you need. You may not be able to get what you need and it sucks. So I guess don't need it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But how did, so one of the things I want to ask is like, how does that show up today? Like, I mean, I have some very weird idiosyncrasies. Like th- if we go back to the physical oh, yeah. rather than the emotional mm-hmm. things, I can't run out of that. And oh, maybe yeah. part of it is having kids like, Rather, if 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 my kids come to me and they're like, I don't have any underwear, I'm like, have my phone in my hand, I'm on the Amazon app, ordering more underwear. Yes, I do laundry. What feels like seven days a week, right?
2: Yeah.
0: But for some reason, I can't let anybody run out of socks and underwear. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 you have to have those. Like, I don't care if you turn your shirt inside out, but we have to have socks and underwear.
2: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. See, I don't even like, I I went without for so long. Like I, I would live on like hungry man TV dinners and like my mom's concoctions. She was a terrible cook. Oh my God. But like most of the time I was just kind of making my own thing. Like I used to make these weird things out of like tomato soup and I would like add macaroni and stuff. So I'm always like, I can always MacGyver something out of whatever's in the pantry. I guess that's probably like the, the, the tool I found is like, I, uh, Probably what happened to me as a result is I learned that what is what I need isn't important and I don't need it. So just don't need it. And you can always. do What you want is not important.
3: Yeah, I was going to say what you need is important. What you want is not necessarily. Maybe it's not necessarily
2: important.
1: So I, I continue the neglect that my family started with me. Like I just neglect myself and it's fine because that's all I know. And then – but, I mean, for, like, other things, like like my idiosyncrasy stuff, like, I, I never really worry about not having things. Like, I didn't have things, and it was fine. So mm-hmm. not having things is fine. Like, if I if yeah. we run out of milk, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll go right to the store and get milk or eggs or bread. It's like, I oh, don't eat something else. We'll find something. Come here. Let's go have ramen. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just – there's I, there's always an alternative. I always just I, I I guess I don't worry so much about like the the resources anymore. Like I just kind of I I just kind of adapt to whatever the situation is and make that work. And I'm okay with it.
0: How does that affect the people around you?
1: Oh, it's probably really frustrating because I bet you they get really like concerned about like how come you don't pay attention to this and how come. Like we don't have that, we need this. It's like we'll we get it; it'll be fine. <laughs> it's probably frustrating. No,
0: I'm just thinking about like the kids yeah. going to the cupboard and being like, "Oh, oh yeah. my favorite oatmeal is not here," and
1: yeah,
0: I don't know have what a, I have right now. Let's have eggs.
1: Have a yogurt. Have a granola bar. <laughs> There's options. There's always something there.
2: Yeah,
1: may not be what you want, but it's what you need.
0: <laughs> so, Kristen. Yes, I, I have the same question for you, and and probably more so. I guess I'm I'm curious in light of everything that Craig has gone through. What are you absolutely afraid of not having on hand or available? Like, what's your scarcity fear around Craig?
3: Electricity.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: that would be my likely my only one. So his to think.
0: his life support system is completely dependent on electric.
3: Yes. Do you I'm have? Just, a I mean, I'm just trying to think. I'm like I'm trying to think of like, you know, because I think it's very, as a white woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a you know lower middle class white woman who you know is able bodied. Um, I think it's very ableist and elitist for me to say, like, you know, I have a scarcity mindset, blah, 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 I need this, this, and that, and the other thing. So for me, I would say for Craig, electricity would probably be, like, the number one. Like, the other day at work, we ran out of, we lost power. And it went all the way down to our area. Mm -hmm. Because I only work, like, two miles from where we live. It did not hit our house because, for some reason, our home is on the same a different grid grid as Walmart.
2: Oddly, oh nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever
3: lose power, so it like doesn't lose power. Um, so, but his bed is uh is an air mattress. It's not like an air mattress, like you oh, like a
1: sleep number kind of thing.
3: Um, not. Necessarily it, it fluctuates the air so he can't ever get a pressure a pressure sore. Oh, that sounds
2: nice.
3: So it's kind of like sleeping on a cloud. Right. But, so it,
0: it circulates air so that he doesn't get bed sores and things yes, like that. Yes.
3: But if we ever lose power, it deflates to the bed frame. Ew. <laughs> oh. Which we have lost power and that has happened. Um his vent is also uh, is is also electricity it has a 30 minute battery backup in and of itself
0: yeah but that's like and then we
3: have like four lithium batteries that last give or take four hours each so i mean if we got him in his wheelchair he would be good for like 16 hours like in his wheelchair which would give us enough time to like get him to a hospital or get him to somewhere else that would hopefully be able to, you know,
2: mm-hmm. take
3: uh, effectively care for him, um, if yes. w- our power would not come back on. Um, so I think for us, that would be for me. That would be my biggest fear: is electricity for him. For myself, I don't. I don't know that you know. I I think. Uh, you know i'm not rich but i have everything like i need i'm allowed i i have enough money to get the things that squeaky toys for my dogs sorry (laughs) and they're grateful (laughs) they're grateful um you know i can get the things most of the time that i want i mean not necessarily like uberly expensive things, but, you know, I, you know, I got an, I have an iPhone, I'm on a laptop, I can get a coffee, you know. And you work at a coffee shop. I work at a coffee shop. So, you know, I mean, I think for myself, I'm like, you know, I, I am very, I'm incredibly blessed that given the fact that the love of my life was given a diagnosis of a terminal illness 14 years ago that should have been two to five years according to all this scientific research um i'm lucky as fuck mm-hmm. and i really can't be anything but grateful for it and i, I really i i had i i keep that mindset every day because Absolutely. i mean we have been through it with this disease mm-hmm. through it, like lived paycheck to paycheck. We still live paycheck to paycheck. We don't have a lot of money, but again, I mean, I don't live in a food desert. I don't, you know, I, I can go to Trader Joe's. I can go to a grocery store. I can afford the $5 of gas, which by the way, is not the most expensive in the world. People stop freaking out. Um, you know, I, I'm healthy. You know, I, I, my do- I have, my dogs are healthy. I have friends that are healthy. You know, I, I can do this. I feel really incredibly grateful that at 45, I have this life and I have some really special friends that I can do this with that, um, I'm getting choked up that, um, I don't know, last October, I I wasn't in that mindset. So so no, really no, grateful.
0: But you know what you just walked us into exactly what I wanted to talk about which is the other side of scarcity scarcity is
1: gratitude.
3: Yeah.
1: Abundance.
3: Yeah, no, abundance gr- gratitude. It's not well, it is an abundance. A mindset is the opposite of a scarcity mindset is an abundance mindset. It is it's to change is to change your attitude to an abundance mindset, but it is. I but also the only think way there's you a, do
0: that is through gratitude. In my mind. Yeah, because, I could be wrong.
3: No, I, I agree with you because I think there's a bad kind of see this is covid brain. Thank yeah, you.
2: crazy.
3: No. <laughs> 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 what Kelly bad said.
0: connotation
3: with abundance. <laughs> yes. Like because you know, you think it's an abundance of something. Greed. Yeah. Greed. Thank you. But
0: it's not. Yeah. It but it's not. Tied it's tied to gratitude.
3: Yeah, it's just being incredibly grateful for like the little things that I have. I remember in in um I did a lot of creative writing, Mr. Durham. God bless his soul. No,
0: Mr. Durham.
3: God bless his soul. Um, I did a lot of creative writing in our AP English, and mm-hmm. I found this one um saying that was um for the love of my life i would i would lay on a blade of, i would live on a blade of grass and it's true i mean i would be happy living in a cardboard box on a blade of grass with craig and i would be fine i would i'd go flip a hamburger i would do whatever i needed to do to keep the roof over my head and craig's head and keep him home with me and safe it wouldn't matter I would yes. do it, and I'd be fine doing it.
0: Yeah. So. No, and I, I think I think the three of us share that. I mean, no,
3: honestly. no, definitely. I was,
1: I was just about to agree with it too. Like I've always said that, like it doesn't matter what house I'm living in or what car I'm driving or if I even have any of those things. Like, I the most important things to me is always like that emotional connection, like where you just like feel like it'll be okay because I've got that person you know like i've always wanted that like that's always been the thing that i've always been like no you you don't you don't need all these physical things you don't need to like destroy your like friends to get the no or whatever like it just it comes down to like i've got i've got a little pod and they care about me and that feels good that's all i need
3: yeah, and it's taken. I mean, and, and truly, it's taken me forty-five years to find that little pod. And within those forty-five years, I mean, just recently, a pod of lots of that pod is broken off, and I'm goodbye, bye-bye. <laughs> I'm fine with that pod breaking off. You know, uh, I mean, I I'm very grateful for the people that I have in my life, as as small as my
2: circle is yeah Yeah. my
3: circle is i you know um i don't i i don't know how many people are on my facebook page i have no freaking clue most of them are out
0: but that's the point you don't need to count it by that you count it by the people that you know Mm -hmm. if if you called any one of us and said i'm i'm here right i need that like obviously we show up right
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and even if it's just a text message, you know, whatever. I I mean, sometimes it's all any of us, yeah, sometimes it's all any of us need at that moment, you know. Dana, do I see a a slight smile on your face this evening, even though you said you were so tired?
1: I am very tired. No, it's just, it's nice. Like, I don't know. It's nice just hearing people reiterate stuff that I kind of think in my head, you know?
3: Oh, I'm getting all the feels today. Getting my feels today.
0: Yeah. so and I—I I mean, I think about how how I can best show up for the people in my life, and it—it mm-hmm. it comes down to that, Kristen. It comes out, comes down to, let me just be there for you. Let mm-hmm. me let you know I see you
2: mm-hmm. and yeah. I love
0: you, and I'm there for you. You know, yeah. I think Dana and I—we—we've had the same conversation, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I do, and I think sometimes people kind of uh, might look at it like I'm playing a victim role or something, but it's not what it's about for me. Like when when I'm going through something hard, I don't have a problem expressing it and talking about it because it gives me insight into the people around me and okay. how they react to it. Like if, I, if I'm if i having a, a difficult time with something like or an emotional problem of some kind and I talk about it with somebody, I can tell if they're engaged and if they actually care about it or if they're not and they can see if I feel bad and they will uh, genuinely try to either comfort me or they'll distance, in some, distance themselves from me. Be like, well, I just don't wanna be in that uh, Like. And that's fair. I mean, I'm not going to judge somebody for that. But I also know that when I have a friend that needs me for a shoulder or like needs help doing something manually, like they'll reach out to me if I need to talk about something, I can talk to them. Like, it's not even like a system of exchange. It's more like a system of like acknowledging that like, it's, it's almost like you see a little bit of yourself in. like, you know, that you can rely on this person because they're a lot like you. And well, that person knows that they can rely on you because you're a lot like them. And it's
0: basically, it's it's, yeah. we're going to, we're going to fill each other's cup, regardless mm-hmm. of what we get out of it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: for me, that's how I look at. It's like, what can I do to fill your cup? How can I be there to support you? I do. I'm not keeping score. I don't care what happens on the other side of it. Like, I'm not going. Geez, I was there for you. Why aren't you there for me? Like, there's never. Yeah. Was it you guys were talking about last week, Dana, um, in the show that Christian and I missed about transactional things?
1: Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, that can, very, I that cannot is, be. Ugh. I
0: cannot be transactional. I don't know how to. That's not in my fiber. Yeah.
1: It feels yucky, but, but I think it's sometimes we get that way and we don't even realize it. Like when I was talking about, um, like interactions with people and setting boundaries and there's almost a transactional element to that. Like, um, when somebody oversteps your boundaries enough times, um, you're keep, you, you don't mean to, but you eventually start keeping score. You're like, wow, that, that hurt. And then, Oh, that happened again, and they're still hurting me. And then, oh, here it is again. They're still hurting me. They just don't get it. I thought that we talked about this. I thought we had an understanding. And then, I mean, the, there's always going to be some level of scorekeeping. You have to. You have to at some point be like, wow, this person just keeps hurting me over and over again.
3: Like, yeah, that's. Tr- I mean, that's very true. I mean, and that's. I mean, that's how I ended up cutting somebody out of my life in January. I mean, because those boundaries just kept getting.
0: But I don't think that's
3: scorekeeping. I think that's just being... Oh, no, yeah, no. I think no, that's
0: different. But, no, not score
3: yeah. but, I mean, I, I, I You have I to see. have
0: emotional awareness around the people yeah. who don't respect yeah. your boundaries Yeah, but who... Yeah, that's different. I think I think healthy. you're talking
1: about those transactional relationships where somebody will do a crap thing because they know the consequences won't be that bad and they can do something easy to make it up to the person. And yes. the feelings don't even come in. It's always yeah. about, like, oh, well, I'm going to buy these shoes even though I know I'm not supposed to spend the money right now. And it'll be fine because I'll just make him dinner and he'll be mad for a minute. And like it doesn't it there's there's no depth there. It's just a, a series of transactions. Like and then he knows that he'll get something out of it and yeah, I get something out of it and it's fine. Like there's no yeah, it feels yucky.
0: Yeah, no that's manipulation in its yeah. grossest form.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not cool with that. But, I mean, a lot of people, I, I'd say, like, 50% of the people that you know, though, the relationships kind of start out that way, or, or a lot of them are that way just in general. Because, you know, like, I, I, I get along with a lot of different people, but there's some people I'll distance myself with because I get a feeling right off the bat that, like, oh, they really, their, like, core isn't really in line with what I'm about. And I, I just don't think that's going to feel good. And I will distance myself there, but like for the acquaintance style friends, I think a lot of our interactions are based off of like obligation because of transactions. Like, Oh, I need to hang out with this person because I haven't hung out with them in a long time. Not because like, I feel guilty. I didn't hang out. I'm obligated to hang out with them. It's instead of, well, I'd like to hang out with this person. I haven't seen him in a long time and I miss him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's a, it's a big difference.
3: Yeah, of course. Especially, you know, now that we haven't seen people in so many years, you know, in so many years. It's just crazy to say that, which is mind-boggling to me, (laughs) to say. Yeah. Especially now that we've all been through COVID in the last few weeks.
1: I read an interesting statistic that um, these uh, like Zoom-style platforms, like your conference-style platforms and video calls, they've done more to help uh, mitigate global warming than all the electric cars ever built since the beginning of electric cars because people don't have to drive to see each other
3: yeah and like for work pretty...
1: commutes and stuff it's kind of amazing
3: that is pretty amazing i mean yeah i mean you got to think of how much pollution was saved from the earth left like the first year of covid yeah and that's pretty yeah uh, like i didn't even think about that
0: It was but it's also the reason why now gas prices are what they are which i'm not i'm not inviting that conversation i'm just saying it's like people don't understand that you can't have Mm -hmm. an immediate response to everything you know i mean i was reading an article earlier today that everybody wants to blame it on this one thing or that one thing it's like no i mean like covid struck A serious blow to our energy supply because we did start living differently. But I hate Joe Biden, so
1: I'm going to blame him.
3: Yeah.
0: No, but yeah, no. I, I mean, are there things that this administration is doing because they're trying to wean us off of, for sure? And do I like? And (laughs) this is in no defense of people trying to make (laughs) mad money off of the current situation, but the reality is if you're going to invest in something right now I understand why oil producers are hesitant to just start drilling new wells and doing this and doing that because two years ago
3: they couldn't sell oil to anyone. Right. Yep. And it just went to waste.
0: It did. And they're like, well, okay, so I understand the world needs it now, but how long is that going to last? And how much are we going to spend on drilling for new oil? Not knowing if it's going to be used and for how long. You and know that
1: brings us to our next part of the topic is scarcity of resources yes
0: yes so how do we plan on how are we gonna brace ourselves for this recession
1: yeah because we're gonna we're gonna have issues
0: we are I mean I was re- I don't know how true yeah. it is I was you know scrolling through my Facebook feed that talked about mm-hmm. Um. For a trucker, out of his pocket, it's his or her pocket, it's like $17,000 a week to keep a diesel truck running and supplying goods.
2: Mmm.
1: Delightful. Yeah. No, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that in the supply chain. But, I mean, we're going to have all sorts of, like, the scarcity of, I mean, right now we're starting to see the scarcity of fuel. But, like, uh, the The scarcity... The fuel runs
0: everything. Yep.
1: But there's lots of stuff. The whole supply chain, we have scarcity of, like, scarcity of, like, new and used cars, uh, scarcity of computer chips, uh, scarcity of batteries and technology items. Uh, I mean, shoot, at this point, like, scarcity of food. uh, Yes. We're going to have all sorts, like, a lot of our basic needs as humans are going to get tougher to come by. Like... That's that's where, like, I feel like a superhero because I'm just like, I'll figure something out. It'll be fine. (laughs) I just, I have that from being a kid. I'm just like, I'm like, it doesn't matter how little we have. I've had nothing and figure out a way.
0: No, I know. I mean, it kind of. No, I agree, but it also had me thinking about how maybe I need to build the greenhouse in mm-hmm. the yard so that you know and then I'm like well then I have to research how to have a steady supply if we go through X number of tomatoes mm-hmm. a week and X number of peppers and this and that like oh you'll make
1: yourself crazy I
3: was gonna say there's great YouTube videos though about like preservation of food and stuff
0: I know but where do I have the bandwidth I work three jobs right now
3: oh nobody has the bandwidth for that stuff I mean that's it's just it's just no, but is entertainment that some... on, on YouTube
0: <laughs> but is that what we're gonna need to do
3: no, I and I that's what I that's what I mean when I say in my opinion for me okay. as a white woman that in and even though I would consider I would consider us as, you know, and myself probably lower middle class but still middle class um, that we have the ability to always go somewhere and get something until we don't. 99% of the time get something we what, don't live what a, if
2: it's, what if it's not they, there to, yeah, remember, to, how
0: to many times
1: it. have you gone to buy toilet paper remember at the beginning I, of covid
0: we, yes that what if
3: that happens to all of the things that we yeah i just i just don't ever I, I guess because of where i live and i live more in a cityscape. i don't live in a city but i certainly don't live like where where kelly and i grew up in the country Mm-hmm. Which is where so, I
0: live now, but more yeah. rural, if you can so, believe it. more rural.
3: I, I don't live, I live pretty much in a cityscape that, I mean, w- thinking about it right now, I live near four, five, seven different grocery stores within. But what if they
0: can't get their food?
3: There'll be something on the shelf. The, I, I can. Always, I'm like I can. I can. Yeah. I can do. I can do something with something. Mm-hmm. If the, if something can nourish my body, I can have something. Well, I, the, but I something. don't live. I don't live in a. I don't live in a red zone in a city that has a McDonald's and a corner store and a Dollar General that has nothing but high saturated fat crap and sugar, that's, I don't, I don't have that issue. But I'm on the
0: opposite. Dana and I live in a land where the earth is everything, right? How Mm -hmm. much of a premium is every acre of farmland right now, Dana? Like Uh, it
1: is. Yeah. I mean, average is like five grand an acre. And I remember like it used to be like, and that's just farmland. That's not even like buying a residential lot. Like you, you looked at like some of these things, like, but, where we are, there's so many opportunities for money, or for food. Like we go to an there apple aren't. orchard. There's so many apple orchards. We have apples. We have. There's all these dairy farms. We could have cows. Oh, there's always meat. So like, even oh, if society know, falls they... all apart, I'm gonna still eat. All right.
0: But we have to be <laughs> able to find access to them because we're not their, we're not their buyers
1: right well, now. At a right certain now. point, the buyers drop off the table, and it becomes hunters.
0: But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's farmland all around me. They're not selling Mm -hmm. to me and you, is my point.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but even, like, are the farmers that are around us sell to individuals? Mm
0: -hmm. They are. But here's the other thing, Kristen. Right now, farmers can't afford, or they're reaching the point where they can't afford to put the diesel in their vehicles to even harvest crops
3: i get it
1: now lucky for us the majority of the crops that the united states produces is corn and we don't fucking need corn we don't know
0: no we're <laughs> trying to put it in our fucking gas
1: okay. tanks. so if we could if we could stop farming corn and save that let those farmers save the gas then that's great but like the rest of the stuff we need. And most of it gets imported. You know, like, a lot of it's going to come, like, shipping style from South America.
3: Or... or we have migrant workers that do a lot of the work for cents on the dollar.
1: It's true. And they manage to live. They have no money. They don't have health care. They're doing it. We can for, do it.
3: For cents on the dollar, manual labor, hot, we're hot saying, sun.
0: Yeah, but we're saying we three can do it. Most people can't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, there's going to be there's going to be some fan being hit with some poop mhm mhm
3: i i mean i think people need to adjust their reality i mean i think people i mean this is and i i say this and I, this is the way i come at this and it, i mean again this is probably a very elitist attitude and an elitist attitude in a different respect because i come at this with people in my mind when I was getting bitched at by people because they didn't, they couldn't have a can of coke and I'm thinking to myself my husband has a terminal illness at home and you're bitching at me about not having a can of coke on a fucking airplane
2: mm-hmm. and
3: you're screaming at me about a fucking can of coke excuse yes. my language I'm like on the tip jar today or at the coffee shop I work at and we ran out of breakfast sandwiches or last week when we ran out of power and people are trying to break in the door and not understanding the concept that there's a sign on the door that we don't have power and they can't get their coffee and they are pissed. I mean, they are right calling over the coffee. store pissed.
0: Over coffee.
3: But that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, people are willing. Pe- you got to think about this. These are the same people that are blaming Biden for the price of gas. Mm-hmm. Complaining all these stories about lo- this, that, and the other, you know, gun rights, this X, Y, and Z. But they are going to pay $8 for a cup of coffee.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So where do your priorities like? I don't feel bad for those people. I do not mm-hmm. feel bad for those people. So if I can figure it out, there's, you, need, you need to get off your high horse. You need to get well, off your crap-ass attitude I feel and figure out their stuff. mental welfare that they're not
1: seeing it. Yeah, I mean, the, even high horses aside, I mean, there's people that just don't know how to provide for themselves. I mean, you, look, you see it all the time. Like, you see, like, people getting evicted from their apartments, and they don't pay their bills, and they don't have anywhere to go, and now they're homeless. But right up until they were evicted, they had... 50 PlayStation games, they had a big screen TV, they had all this stuff that I'm like, I don't feel like you needed that. You could have probably used that to pay a bill.
3: Was, you know? My brother and my sister-in-law, I mean, they've, I think three times they filed the bankruptcy and, yeah. but they had every brand new thing. Right,
0: exactly. Uh, Where are and it was priorities?
3: like, dudes, like what, the, I, I mean, I cannot tell you the amount of bills Mm-hmm craig and i paid when the kids were younger yeah and it was like why don't you have hot water why don't you have electricity you have a baby you have babies like and i would have to call craig and be like hey can i pay their water bill can i pay their electricity bill can i pay and they're living in a four hundred thousand dollar house and we're living in this little teeny yeah uh, you know
1: hundred thousand dollar. i just don't get people like i look at and that's another thing but just even talk like I don't know. We've got to kind of wrap it up here soon, but like talking about scarcity, like you've got people that don't even realize what scarcity is because they just don't understand the concept of like providing for themselves.
3: They have no idea what it's like to have true scarcity of Mm -hmm. of an item.
0: Even when they've had it, though, they don't recognize it. I think that's the crazy thing. There's so many people who have scarcity in their lives they can't attach meaning to it. They don't understand. Like, like you know, like you guys said, well, I have to have the, you know, 70-inch television. I have mm-hmm. to have the 40 PlayStation games for my kids, because that's an essential. That's a necessity. What? How did we get there?
1: Yeah, how about we go and spend $3 on a book instead, and we'll pay a bill. Or
0: we'll know. go for a walk, but, or, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I know it sounds, like you said, white woman issues, like being moralistic or whatever and judging other people but at some point you're going to have to make a decision
2: yeah
1: like I remember being a kid like when I had everything in the world like that was great I mean it entertained me but it didn't really make me happy and then when it was all taken away I wasn't any more sad like I would do things for free I would go ride my bike I would go hang out with friends I would go play with a stick I was well, playing with a rock. We
3: didn't, we we didn't, didn't have, have any of that, those things.
1: I wasn't any I wasn't miserable. No. It was the same.
0: But that's the perfect topic to round up on as we close out the hour is boredom. Boredom is healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's what causes you to be more creative.
0: It is, but it's what everyone is so afraid of. We keep and I know I've been guilty of it at times as well, but you know, when your kids come to you and say, oh, I'm so bored. And I'm like, oh, I'm really glad to hear that because out of boredom comes creativity and mm-hmm. solutions.
2: Great. You're going
1: to think of something fun to
0: do. Right. Let somebody, but mm-hmm. let, let's transfer that thought to grown ass adults.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Take your phone away from you for a minute. Take your TV. Take your this. And sit down and realize, what are you going to do when things aren't there for you? Yeah,
1: yep. Sometimes it's nice to just sit. Like, just put your phone down and just look around and enjoy the sounds and just enjoy the quiet and enjoy a peaceful moment. And Sometimes just not it's
3: just good for anything. the soul. Yeah, you need to go outside and ground with the earth.
1: That doesn't cost anything.
3: No, our indigenous okay. brothers and sisters know what they're talking about when they say grind with the earth and let the let the I,
2: earth only, grind you. The, I
1: only grind with the earth if I if she gives consent. <laughs>
3: Ground. So, (laughs) I'll
0: leave you guys with this. And I will butcher this, but it was something I saw on Facebook, of course. But it was about basically saying it's okay to have boredom and to have scarcity and to let go of everything. And just the person who is the most busy is the person the most in need of grounding with the earth. Because... Mm -hmm you know it's like you you know i think the message was you should spend x number of minutes a day connecting with the earth and if you're busy it should be 10 times more than that like mm-hmm. but we don't make that a priority i know i don't and i should
1: oh yeah the people that need it the most say they don't have time to do it the most
0: right but i think we're all in that we're all doing that just mm-hmm. staying busy running chasing doing oh
2: yeah
1: know. well I so, think that we've had a lovely divulgence into our topic for the evening. How do you guys yeah. feel about
0: it? No, I think it was cathartic. I don't know if the what? rest of the world will ever see this or
1: weigh in I, on it. I never figured out how to share this episode, so I guess I'll just have to watch it in the archive. <clears throat> <laughs> we'll,
3: we'll figure it out somehow.
1: Oh, well. We are live. I don't know. A couple of people have been kicking in here and there. It's probably Jeffrey.
3: Like,
0: what, the, what the F are they doing? Oh my gosh, right. they ruined our show. But anyway, we love you all and thank you. And Dana. David- yeah.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess?
0: Haha, in my dentist's office.